Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. We back with some more bubble talk. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about things going on inside the bubble. We got some things going on outside the bubble. Another great episode of Through the Wire is starting right now. Uh, how my boys doing, Mike? You kind of close to that camera, my G. <laughs> I didn't even notice. His face is dead as in the lens. <laughs> Ain't no wrong with it. Ain't no wrong with it. I'm just saying. You just got the close you up. As far away as possible from that green screen. Oh, I forgot. I ain't yeah. trying to touch it. But yeah, yeah, I also had to get close to my mic, too. Yeah. But, yeah I'm way. doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I've been doing workouts here and there. I've been running a lot more now. Uh-oh. You trying yeah. to get in that gym shape again. Oh, yeah. We all for to come back decent, man. Okay. All right. Uh, You got your D-Rose up, D-Mills? I think I'm going to ride with D-Rose for a minute. That's, you know, that's a Chicago hometown. I love my city. And I just... When I put a background on, I normally don't get the vibe to change it for a few weeks. Who you tell? Which is why I kept that office one for a minute. Right. I thought that was uh, Bobby from high school wearing a D Rose because <laughs> I can't <laughs> face you. I, I mean, you see Bobby sometimes. You work at the McDonald's over there on sixty third. <laughs> Just tell like... everybody in the world where Bobby worked at. <laughs> <laughs> and where you be at? You be at the McDonald's on sixty third. How the fuck you be at the McDonald's on sixty third? Should I tell your trainer? Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, I haven't been there in a minute. It was, mm. it was in the past. It was in the you past. You said I just seen him. <laughs> I haven't just seen him, but last time was, every time I've went, he's been there. So you went a lot. <laughs> every time. I have a lot. <laughs> what was you getting? Like, I don't eat McDonald's. Shit, when you're in a relationship, you know, those late night trips to McDonald's, it was pretty convenient because it was right there. Mm. So, you know, I get the McDouble, the McChicken. McDonald's is not the place you can go for no late night stuff. Man. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I just McDonald's. if it's that late, I just won't eat. Shit, you're not supposed to be eating. That's what that means. <laughs> True. And, and P, you got Kyrie shot over Curry. What's the inspiration yeah. behind that today? We got. I'm giving Kyrie love today, man. Kyrie doing big things, and they always try to paint the narrative as he's some jackass. So today we giving Kyrie a special amount of love i'm sure we'll get to it um in further depth but yeah man Kyrie, one of my favorites and what he what he's been doing off the court uh me you know mean a lot more than what he what he done on the court so we can we can open up there because i want to go outside the bubble then inside the bubble so we could talk about Kyrie irvin um i think he donated 1.5 million to the WNBA players, allowing them to sit out the season if they decide that whether it be for coronavirus or because of social justice or whatever, if they wanted to to sit out the season, he gives them the opportunity with this 1.5 million that he donated to them, which is yeah. just like, it's really legendary. His quote is, uh, whether a person decided to fight for social justice, play basketball, focus on physical or mental health, or simply connect with their families, this initiative can hopefully support their priorities and decisions. So, yeah, I really like how he acted on I mean, You know, a lot of people just do uh, a whole bunch of talking, but I don't know. That's very generous to him, you know, especially because we know the WNBA players, they they don't get what they deserve, I should say. And they might some might not look to, you know, sit out because they really probably can't afford it. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I just love the love that the WNBA is getting all of us social media right now. I feel like everybody's came together and like we're broadcasting them. They're on national TV now. I just love the love that they're getting because they're definitely a brand that kind of I feel like get lost in the shuffle with the NBA. And I feel like people are trying to really point it out like, hey, there's real good talent over here. They're just women. We just got to watch them. 
Yeah, so I saw some numbers talking about like this season um, statistically versus last season statistically, and the numbers were up dramatically as far as like their nationally televised game, the first game of the season. Uh, we were actually live here in the the um, what is her name, Sabrina? I I I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, she spoke at Kobe's funeral. Um, she had her first career WNBA game, and that was live. And while we were recording, I was glancing over here trying to watch that. Uh, they did a great marketing thing where we saw all of our favorite NBA players with the orange WNBA hoodies, which are fire. Um, so they're, they're trying to, to get people to open up a little bit more to the WNBA. Kyrie gave out this money, um, and then they got their own bubble going on, which is cool. There's a couple WNBA players that are doing the same thing as like Troy Daniels, JaVale McGee, Matisse Thibault. They're vlogging their WNBA bubble. So it's a, it's a lot going on in the WNBA, and I'm happy that it's getting more eyes now. Facts. Facts. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that was smart to do the orange hoodie thing. Um, and they sold out. They sold out on NBA.com and those orange hoodies. A lot of people trying to get their hands on some, um, which is good. I'm selling out because, you know, it's 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 up to, it's kind of up to us, you know, as the NBA consumers to try to do as best we can to help them the way that the, the, the players like Kyrie is doing and whatnot, or even the players that's wearing a hoodie. Because, yeah, nationally televised or arena sales and things like that they probably won't be able to compete with the nba because the nba has had such a head start like i, I can't remember the year the WNBA started but i'm pretty sure the nba has a little head start on them and there's the star power in the nba is a lot bigger than what it is in the WNBA. so i mm -hmm. think players should continue to do this not just because of the moment or because it's a trendy thing that's going on right now but we should continue to you know um give them that boost and try to make things ends meet in places that we can like a Kyrie donating 1.5 hopefully people you know follow that follow that trend and if not then yeah rock the hoodie um do some other shit that you can do to make people engage you know what I mean whether it's a dub like right now in the bubble there should maybe a W I mean maybe an NBA player should do a fucking twitch watch party of a WNBA scrimmage, scrimmage game or a bubble game and his fans will watch it with him you know just anything we can do to to bring people to their things to make a to make things happen because yeah they aren't paid handsomely as handsomely as nba players even the top players so that's how you know they can they can get that extra bag so if we if we look at their top player and they're not getting as much as what like a 11th man on the nba roster imagine what their 11th man is making mm -hmm. yeah. that's how i would look at it yeah and i mean there, there was something that went on to uh i don't know if y'all saw this the sun's instagram account they were yes. promoting. They were promoting the WNBA, and uh, some kid commented, "No one cares." And then the Suns hit back, like uh, the kid in his bio said, like Kobe was his idol. And the Suns hit back, like um, if Kobe was your idol, yada yada yada. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to show the kid that, like, I, like I, what I what I respond to the kid because I found out that he followed me as well. So I DM'd him, and what I was saying was like, "It's okay if you don't like the product. That is completely okay if the WNBA is not something you want to watch." But the people that go out of their way to try to shit on the WNBA, it's just like, what, I don't understand the purpose of it. Right. Especially because, I mean, they do it for jokes, right? But it's never been it's never been funny. You know what I'm saying? So these, no. these jokes have never been funny. So I keep telling people, like, watch if you want. But if it's not for you, don't watch. Don't comment. It's, it's very, very simple. Like, I don't, I don't watch the NFL, but I'm not out here whenever BR posts something about the NFL saying don't care. Because it's just not, it's not <laughs> important to me. Mm -hmm. So that's how that's how I just want everybody to look at it. it. I would recommend giving it a try. Like I watched the Dallas Wings play because they got two players that I really like. 
Um, and I enjoyed it. And if you try to watch them on TV and you find out, oh, this is not for me, that's cool. You gave it a shot. You gave it a shot. Just leave it at that. Right. It just kind of hurts me when people try to discredit them or disrespect them because they think it's just like inferior ball, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably like same same time how it's a dude out here trying to get into the NBA. It's, it's little girls out here that's working their ass off, you know, 24-7, and all they hear is a consensus around that that WNBA don't matter, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that kind of kind of just hurts me a little bit. But well, I mean, the people who are saying those things and comment, those, those are jackasses. Those are the same people who fucking. I know, who, I know. I, I think we just need to get on a, a through the wire podcast saying stupid dumb shit, and I think that's the problem. Is that if it gets attention, then more people do it because that's just what they do. It's just like fucking people who go and say fucking the N word on a fucking LeBron James post. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it doesn't get any attention, you look like a jackass. Right. But then if you give it attention, then that just creates more to do. And to me, responding isn't, I don't mean responding to it as giving it attention. Because I feel like that's the type of attention that they don't want. If you are going to address it, then yeah, let's put, let's let the Phoenix Suns put their ass on blast. And that that's how you give it attention. But all of the fucking other shit, like, nah. You put their ass on front street. Let's expose their ass to do it like that. But everything else is just attention. And, and yeah. we see so many people just doing dumb ass shit for attention because that's just what the internet is for whatever reason. Um, motherfuckers don't even have a profile picture, anything like that. But yeah, don't don't just respond. Yeah, look, click on that bio. See what they're talking about. See how they look and address them in a way that you put their ass on front street. And I, and I bet you that that dude who did it on the Suns was very apologetic, of course, because that's what it always is. When when you get caught, when you type it, it's all good. But once once somebody get on your ass, now you're apologetic and you didn't know what the fuck you was doing. So, you know that's that that's how it goes. Uh, let's move on to our next topic that has to do with outside the bubble. Uh, right as we wrapped up our last show, the New York Knicks hired their next head coach, Tom Thibodeau, five year deal with the New York Knicks, and we have a Knicks expert on the panel. Um, I'm somehow rocking the Knicks colors today with my through the wire shirt. So I, I got a few questions that I saw throughout. Oh, he's rocking the Knicks hat too. So I saw a few questions throughout Twitter or different articles that I read. And I kind of want to get not just P's opinion, but y'all opinions too. But P obviously as a Knicks fan, he, his opinion may weigh a little bit more. Um, so uh, one thing that Tom Thibodeau has always said in interviews or just throughout his, his framework is tanking is not an option, right? He's always going to be a guy that's like, I'm playing my best players 40 minutes because we need the bit, the best opportunity to win games. So y'all know the New York Knicks, it's like one of the, the most interesting head coaching jobs because there's so much money involved in the team because they gave all of these players one-year deals last year. And the 2020 free agency is not something that's super crazy, but it still have some hitters there. What do y'all think the direction will be for, for like, are we still sticking with the hey, let's get young players and build, or are we going to trying to build a, a a playoff team under Tom Thibodeau? E Mills, go I, ahead. Oh, I thought I thought he wanted to Yeah, I thought he was waiting on P. I don't I know, but shit, I haven't heard. I mean, me. my my initial reaction with that whole signing just in the first place is like, I they already like the Knicks done. They're already kind of like in shambles right now. They're trying to get back on track. Tom Thibodeau, he hasn't really had the best record as a recent in the NBA. It's just, I don't think it's going to match up. And if they, again, it does bad again, it's just going to end up on his record. You know, it's not going to look good on him. Yeah, I don't really see them building a playoff team, really. I don't think it's realistic because New York really isn't even like a free agent destination. 
And I think the guys that they could bring in, they're just like kind of like like average role players where they would rather go to like a contending team where they can actually compete and um, win. So I don't really see them. I don't I don't really see much. I never really was a fan of Thibodeau. I really haven't seen him do much as like a player development coach or anything. Even here, uh, he was our coach. He was, but and can he you was here? He was when he like, was in Chicago. He was cool, and I was gonna say like the. I think for him to, to Jimmy Butler. I feel like that was just his opportunity. I feel like Jimmy just did that because Lou Wall got think, hurt. Uh, like, no. How do you, how do you decipher? Because you can use that case for any development. Well, well, so so I, I can I can break it down very simply. Jimmy Butler does give a lot of his credit of his success to Tom Thibodeau. He's done it in interviews all the time. Um, so it is about Jimmy Butler having the grind to get better, but it's also with Tom Thibodeau instilling this this like if you're gonna if you're gonna get any minutes, you got to be a dog on the defensive side of the ball. You got to work your ass off in the offseason. That was just what Tom Thibodeau put to him as he was a rookie, and then now he's at the point where he's an all uh, star. So it's, it was both. Tom Thibodeau definitely played a part in Jimmy Butler becoming the Jimmy Butler we know. Okay. I was just curious to how he can how why he would say that he, it was opportunity. Because you could just say that for anybody that's been developed by anybody. All the Nick Nurse players in Toronto, you can just say, oh, they had opportunity. So nobody develops anything. Okay. You got a good point. I, I think I argue that. for him to be successful, he does he does need that like personnel-wise. He needs a that hard-working dude that's going to be that leader, for example. Whether it be the Joe Kim Noah he had or a Jimmy Butler type dude, he, he's probably going to need that same type of personnel somewhat in New York, or they're going to have to, you know, um, sign somebody of that. And for a league that's, like, built around offense, he's never really had a good offensive team. His offense has never been very good. One thing I can say about his offense is that he's usually pretty smart with it. He plays into what his team has. So, like, when we had Derrick Rose, our plan was get Derrick Rose to the rim. When he had Carl Anthony Towns, his plan was get Carl Anthony Towns the goddamn ball. So he may not be like a Brad Stevens on the X's and O's, but he's not dumb enough to have us playing, having teams play outside of what they have. And I, I like that. I think that's how, I think that's how it's to be in coaching on any level. You, you adapt to what you have. You don't make what you have adapt. So meaning, if R.J. Baird isn't step, he doesn't shoot the ball like Stephen Clay because it's a three, three point driven league. I'm not about to try to have him shoot. 11 threes a game necessarily yeah you're going to encourage him to take certain shots uh you know <clears throat> and get better but at the same time you're not trying to have somebody play a certain way that they're not you know primed to play i think the direction of the Knicks will, will be determined on the pick that we get i think that 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 is the uh the biggest card in the deck depending on you know the pick we get because one and three is a big difference in this draft you know one could get us Lamelo. three i don't know what the hell direction we go because i don't know what's available um, but I, as far as free agency, I, I, I think as long as we get, um, what we need, we'll be fine. We just shouldn't chase. Don't chase, just get what we need. And that, I think that happens, uh, with the first domino being a draft. If we can get LaMelo, we know we're, the expectation would be for him to carry our franchise, be the face of the franchise and be, uh, one of the next good guard, young, good guards following the Luca Trey, Ja type train maybe not as fast as luca and trey but just staying on that on that path and then the rest of the pieces you kind of align you would have a rj Barrett next to him you would have a mitchell robinson what they want to do with julius randall we don't know yet but then the rest is just like you just find the veteran pieces right. you know, i could tell you one like, thing though oh, tib's gonna love frank man frank gonna play his ass so <laughs> frank yeah, I, might I turn into jimmy butler's shit. 
Yeah, I don't think the Knicks are in as bad of a position as y'all made it out to be, uh, Derek and Mike. I don't, I, I don't, I'm, I don't think the the plan is to turn this into a championship, high level playoff team in one year. He's on a five year contract, five years. So I, I think, I think that's the interesting part. I, I just think that hiring a, a he's not a new coach obviously because he's been a coach for a decade now, but hiring a new coach to your organization for five years seems kind of crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Especially it does after because how many coaches have y'all had in the last decade? That, and that's exactly. And and a lot of those guys have had five year deals too. Like Mike Woodson had a five year deal. Um, um, it, I had, I saw a list on Twitter. It was like four or five coaches in the last twenty years have had five year deals for their team, and they never get past like year two or three. I've liked it because that that's what we want. We want somebody that has stability. Because of Mike Woodson, yeah, he had a deal, but he also coached a couple years before that. So I mean. If you add them all together, shit, that would have been monstrous. And then the team went down. Change is going to happen. I, but when I you think, look at Derek Fisher, Hornacek, right, these, these are the other guys. That was like, yeah. what, what are they, years and a half coaches? I don't want that shit. Right. So, like, the, what I think is probably, like, the best is, like, okay, we, we hire a coach. Um, and I, listen, this is what I've been saying for the Bulls, too. Let's, okay, so we get a coach. Um, if he play, if he coaches well, let's say we give him a two-year deal, right? right we get Tom Thibodeau a two-year deal. I don't know if he accepts that because he's goddamn Tom Thibodeau. But you give him a two-year deal, and then a year and a half into it, or after that second year, if it's going well, then you extend him for those next three years. You know what I'm saying? So you're saving yourself money instead of hiring a guy for five years, and in two years it don't work out, you still have to pay him those next three years. I think there's a little bit more pressure on the coach, too, when instead of a five-year, it's a it's a two-year deal, and he knows he kind of has a little bit more of a window to at least impress, impress people for another coaching job. Mm -hmm. But that's but that, but we also have to live in a world that Kenny mentioned. He has to want. He, they have to meet in the middle. He has to accept exactly. the deal. I mean, that's a part. Yeah, that's a wonderful idea. But at the same, just like putting every player on a one-year deal, that just put them all on one-year deal. But they have to accept those. Right. And if they don't, then you lose out on a coach that you think fit. And so, if you have to give a guy a five-year deal or a three to four-year deal, then do it. And if he don't, then yeah, you fire his ass. I mean, I, just, I wonder what his his value was out there. Like, how many other teams would have interviewed Tom Thibodeau once the season was over? Because, like, yeah, I mean, we. Question. We have, like, the Cavs, right? The Bulls, hopefully, are looking for a new coach. There's, like, maybe three or four teams that will probably be out there looking for a coach this offseason. So I wonder how many of those teams would have called Tom Thibodeau. And maybe that is the reason why the Knicks jumped on it so early because they knew that maybe Tom Thibodeau was going to get called by this and that team. I'm yeah, envious, man. though. I'm envious that y'all made a decision this early. We just sitting here as Bulls fans, slowly waiting for the yeah. day that we fire our coach. His value had to be high because we, 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 we interviewed a lot of high-profile people for that position. Um, and he had, he had been the top person the whole way through. So, um, I, I, I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm not, I'm not high or low on it. I don't feel really any type of thing because I have to see what's going on. I'm not the person that's, Oh, I don't, I don't care because I've, I've been high on other people and they didn't do their job. So it's just about how things pan out. The front office got to let him coach. Uh, and we got to make the right decisions. We, we we don't need to be chasing anything. We just need to get what's right. You know what I mean? No need to chase DeMar DeRozan. No need to chase fucking, <laughs> that would be something. Uh, fucking Giannis in 2021. Just take what we have, one thing by one thing. Let the dominoes knock down. We look at the draft pieces. We take our draft pieces. Whatever else we add into the core, and then we enter free agency saying, okay, we have Mitchell Robinson. We know that that's our guy. Start that boy. Can, we, so can he start, start next exactly. season? So start him, and let's not get nobody that can block him. We know RJ and, uh, and Melo is the backcourt. Cool, and we got Frank, so let's not go get Alfred Payton. 
You know what I mean? Let's not go get guys that'll block the they ways, and then we go off like that. And I and I'll be fine with that as a Nick fan. I don't need to be the sixth seed next year. I just need to be on the right track, like the Hawks. The Hawks didn't do shit this year, but we see yeah. that they're on the right track. And the Hawks should be really impressed with what they did this year. They'll mm-hmm. probably Hawk fans are probably satisfied. Like, cool, we on the right track. Br posted an article the other day of uh, the top ten players under twenty one, and the Hawks had three players on that list. So, I, they're they're doing the right thing. I'm in the right direction. It surprised me that Kevin Herter was on the list, but he's on there. I'm saying he's on there. Either Who's way. The other? Uh, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, and Trey Young. Those are three. Mm-hmm. Those are three. So they're doing the right thing, man. And yes, put Mitchell Robinson in the starting lineup already. Godly, I don't understand how he two years into his career and he has uh, about 24 starts in 125 games. It doesn't make much sense. Hey, don't worry. Thibodeau can have that boy playing. Wasn't Todd starting the games last night? I ain't watching Knicks this year. Um, so that's that's all the stuff outside of the bubble. Let's talk about what's going on inside the bubble. Um, yeah, anybody want to talk about the Lou Will stuff, or is this like? Um, we can. We can. The most things that I'm seeing is just people, you know, him going back and forth with people like Perkins that are saying shit that they don't really know too much about. Right. So so backstory. Right. Right. Backstory goes that Lou Wills leaves the bubble um, to attend to a family mercy. Someone in his family had passed away. Um, yeah, grandfather right um passed away and then he went to of course say his final goodbyes to his grandfather as he goes to uh whatever the next place is and while he was there he stopped and got some wings and that has become a big big story um people are speculating where he got him from just so happened to be a gentleman's club magic city but what lou williams did that was smart was he went back and he started retweeting old tweets and old clips from interviews about him saying that that is his favorite food. Yeah. He literally, if you went on his, I went on his Twitter because I was watching this response to Kendrick Perkins, but he had did like a, uh, he did a, 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 a interview with uh, Taylor Rooks, uh, Rose, who used to work for the Warriors, the the lady, I forget, I can't pronounce her last name. I know, but we know, we know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, and then it was other tweets where he was just like, ask my teammates what my favorite restaurant is and things like that. And it was always, the, the current thing was Magic City. And he even got his own Lou William Wings named after him. Yeah, so yeah. it all, it all makes sense. Like, yeah, it, it fits to what his, his story was that he wasn't there to see no ass shaking and that he literally mm-hmm. won wings. And Twitter had a field day because they posted pictures of the wings and everybody was in green. It's like, I ain't mad at you, shit. Don't wings. When that picture at first came out and uh, Jack Holly was saying like, it's a Super Bowl pick, so it's a Super Bowl pick. And then it, I found it funny because when they they found out like it was fake, obviously, because he, he's like, they, he had the mask on they just gave him from the yeah. Orlando bubble. Yeah. So I was like, damn, he, he, that's an easy catch. Uh, yeah, caught uh, up a little bit right there. Yeah. Um, I, I could see kind of why they was getting on his ass because, I mean, you just bring that, that small risk to the NBA bubble that, I mean, we've seen we what happened it. with, right. We've seen yeah. what just happened with with the Marlins and everything like that. Not saying it's going to happen because obviously we got a lot smaller. We got a lot less people in the NBA. The NBA's got a really special And team. we're actually in the bubble. The Mar- They're just traveling. They're, they're you know what I'm saying? Literally, yeah. So the NBA's got something special here. Yeah. And there would be certain protocols he would have to pass to re-enter the bubble. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He was saying he was getting. T- he said he got tested every day and uh, stuff like that. And he was gonna have to come through quarantine anyway. Yeah. Days, yeah. Yeah. So, 
Um, Again, the NBA taking care of it. They said that they're investigating it, and I don't, I don't know what that means exactly. Bro, Is Lou Will gonna catch a suspension or something? Somebody was commenting on their tweet like they was super upset at him. Like you're gonna have to miss our first two, three games. Like, bro, nobody cares about them Clippers. <laughs> they gonna win them damn games. Most like. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the Lou Will. Um, but Mike already mentioned it, talking about like the Marlins and the MLB. Uh, it kind of shines a light on the success of the NBA bubble, um, and the fact that first of all we actually have a bubble and it's been successful. But like the the the, the MLB, we don't know what the future of this season looks like now because uh, even like the the Chicago White Sox manager was getting tested for coronavirus, and because of that they canceled the whole game. And today we have a doubleheader. Um, and who knows what's going on in the other organizations. We just know that the Marlins, right, the Marlins tail are 14 cases. And now the people that just played against the Marlins have to quarantine, and the people that were going to go up and play against the Marlins have to go back home. I mean, it's just so Three more much. today, 17. 17? And, and if, it, if, if this is the way it works, right, you get a few cases, those few cases turn to a lot of cases, and we may get to the point in MLB where the season gets suspended. It just makes us look at the NBA and be like, I'm so happy Adam Silver took control. Him, Chris Paul, and the rest of the NBA PA came to this agreement to have this bubble and have it be successful. And the MLB can't even really afford a suspension because they're short. They're short. Their season is already shortened, so they're going to have to even shorten it even more. Or just completely so. say it's over. Yeah, just completely. Because yeah. just, just what will happen is a, a high-tier high players like Mike Trout, those guys will be like, oh, this ain't worth it for me. Mm-hmm. And then, then they'll probably just be like, yeah, guys getting corona, top players stepping away. Is it really this serious? Um, but, yeah, shout out to the NBA. Uh, and also, you know, to, to not discredit those sports so much, the NBA is just it's, – it's, it's a better tactic because, what is it, 15 players to a roster and then a coaching staff? The NFL mm-hmm. has 53 players on their roster. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. coaches. We're talking about specific yeah. coaches and stuff. Yeah. The whole NBA bubble and all they staff is what, probably like – Four or five, or not even probably like 10, 10 NFL teams. I'd probably say, right? Or no, that. probably less because the coaching staff, yeah, because yeah, right. they have a coaching staff too, right? Because they, yeah, so uh, I mean, I couldn't even imagine that because you're talking about a little basically building a little city for a bubble for a whole football team, yeah. Know? And I don't think it's very realistic, but what, what we can say is that the, the NFL has had the most time to figure shit out, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The NBA did got things figured out like three months and then we were ready for the MLB right. had a little bit of time, but they decided that we just going to travel. We just no fans. That was the only thing The NFL has known since what February that all of this yeah. stuff was going on. So I, I, we still don't know much about what the NFL is going to do. I just saw a couple minutes ago that some Patriots players are like, we just not going to go. We're like, we're not going to perform this season. Um, but I'm interested in what the NFL decides to do. If they try I, to take I'm, the MLB route, it's, it's over. It will not last. Yeah. If we're just yeah. doing no fans. I seen one thing. I don't even know if they're gonna uh, do it, but because I even seen an NFL player retweeted like, "Ain't no way in hell we doing this." But it was like the helmet with the mask, and it was kind of built oh. in or something like that. They was gonna try to do, which again, yeah, I like, saw football players saying that people whoever made this never played football. Yeah, so yeah, so that type. Of I stuff would like to on. see that. I ain't saw that. I would love to see that. I guess it's hard for them. But to Russell Wilson came out and said like, "I'm adapting to whatever they give us." Like, I'm gonna play with. That's the Russell Wilson with. thing to say. What a captain. What a fucking... <laughs> I just got Jamal Adams shit. Yeah, he trying to win a ring in this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Another one, right? I think he already got one. Yeah. Uh, next thing, Bobo. We talked about the last episode, but y'all know he classifies as a rookie for the next season? 
Really? That should be accurate because he didn't play. Right, he didn't play. And you remember that all the voting for this season ended in March, and he had not stepped on the floor in March. So everything that happens in these bubble games don't matter. So next season he classifies as a rookie. So I just thought it was a little fun fact that, you know what I'm saying, once we get to, like, predicting the next rookie of the years, once the next season is about to come, Bobo might be on somebody's list. Because that, I mean, that's, that's definitely going to have a good chance. Definitely going to have a good chance. Cause he's... I'm just interested to see how he play mm-hmm. in the real games. Yeah. yeah. Michael Porter Jr. came out and said, don't forget about me. Facts. Uh, he yeah, put up, what, like, 20? Last, like, his life depended on him. Yeah, the Nuggets out here looking real deep and real good for their future, no matter what they do in this bubble right now, man. They got some, hey. they got some good options. They, just they got the trade value pieces, this, too. This oh. is a year I feel like they really could have used a home court advantage because they're super deep, and they could have been running up and down that court, and they could have got a lot of these teams, like, you know, slowed them down and got them, you know, wore them down and stuff like that. But, I mean, did you – I guess there kind of is a home court advantage. You see how they kind of – they're starting to put, like, the team will have like it's the Clippers court or whatever. Okay. Or it'll yeah. be the Nuggets court. And then you also talked about it. We talked about the last pod how they have the the virtual fans in there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know mm-hmm. also that well they have like a limit. So you could be like two hundred Clippers fans if it's a home game. It'll be like fifty Magic fans right. if it's a away game. So that's kind of cool. They yeah. also got it so you can hear the audio and stuff. So I was like, damn, they taking it to a whole new level with this. Yeah, that's and- how baseball was. I was watching a baseball game and they had it with. You, it was a live baseball game. Like, you could just hear noise. Like, just like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a baseball game, Mike, or watch baseball, but, like, you know, so much going on when somebody's on the mound. You can hear just shit from the stands. People mm-hmm. getting peanuts. You want a beer? Yeah, and yeah. it's just all just going on. Mm-hmm. And they just had that noise. And it was like, damn, I kind of had forgot that nobody was there for a second. Mm-hmm. Mike, I know last episode we were talking about how you wanted to be like a virtual fan for the Lakers. A lot of people are speculating that the virtual fans are going to be people that are like season ticket holders and stuff. Yeah, so. I've seen that too. Also, like they were talking about, can you bring your boys out, like your family, or uh, not family, but you, you know, your close friends, the dudes that you want you to be there. Yeah, stuff like that. So it's probably going to be real limited. Because like they, because let's be honest, they don't want just a normal guy there that have no stakes. Because you can flip off the camera. That's you how can, I was say. If I was right behind the Lakers bench, I would be like, LeBron, LeBron, he got it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how they doing this? What? This virtual fan shit. What are they, what are they it would be like, like it would it would be like a big ass Zoom call, basically. Right. It'll with all like the fans watching the game on the walls and stuff. Yeah. Would they basically be on the wall. Yeah. yeah. I saw it in uh. It was in one of the games that was just on. Actually, I forgot which one. I think oh, it was the Nuggets one, right? I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. That Nuggets first Magic was a super good game. John I, Isaac came back. Yeah. Yeah, I was impressed with the next. Jamal Murray came out real good. He, he sure was real did. aggressive. He looked, but it was against DJ Augustine, so I'm not, I'm not gonna hype it up. I mean, that's that was his first game back though, and I don't know. Yeah, but, he looked super good. He didn't look like he had a cool twenty plus points. He looked know, sharper but... with his handle. He was definitely posting up a lot more too, putting on that muscle. He definitely was posting up a little bit I more. I seen him giving more effort on defense. I still seen him get put in the bucket, but you know it's all about the effort. For effort, him. effort is what matters. Yeah, effort what matters. Absolutely. I was just happy to see John Isaac out there. He did a lot of stuff that he wasn't really doing. He did a jab stack pull up three on Jokic. I'm like, no, nah, this ain't no, this ain't the same John the Isaac. Bucket, the one that was all glad. I was like, damn. Oh, when he was fading to the right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, damn. DMs about him. I'm like, damn, y'all thirsty. Gary <laughs> Clark also had a good game for the Magic. He shot the ball well and he played pretty physical. Um, is there any way the Magic can sneak out to the second round if no, they get no. to the seventh place? Second round. 
No, Mike. Huh? No, I'm trying to. I, I'm I, trying thought, to... I thought you were going to say sneak up in like the standings, maybe. No, yeah, they go sneak up to the seventh spot. But then no. in the seventh spot, they <laughs> no. probably they're going against Toronto, and that's like, what did they get? Five games last season. They probably get five games again. Uh, and hey. they got to be better than that. But hey, I just know that they did it. This Michael Michael pulled his old clip up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's like all these top teams are like matchup nightmares for the Magic. Yeah. Either way. Um, another thing that happened in the bubble this week that I was so happy about is that Andre Roberson hit back-to-back threes to win a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually been knocking them down since in the minutes that he's played. He's And then I've been, I still follow Rachel Demita, and she's been taking a lot of credit for his jump shot looking better. Because what? I guess that's oh, what she do. Like What'd you that's say? Funny. She's been in the comments of a lot of House of Highlights posts. It's like that. She's, I guess she just got she got that wet jumper. She's teaching Andre Robeson that. Add another dynamic to that OKC team. If he can, I'm guessing, come on. Yeah, got another dispenser stopper. And she, if he can knock down that three consistently, he could be a weapon. She got a wet <laughs> jumper, you said? I've never seen her play. She got a nice jump shot. Yeah. You remember she Maybe got she the... Yeah. Maybe she had she that jump could. shot in 2K. She had her own custom jump shot in 2K. Oh, okay. Maybe she gave him some incentives on if he hit uh, some threes. If you hit hey. the three, yeah. how many months to work on the shot? 30 months. He had 30 months to work on that jump shot. In the gym and just work on that. You better have improved. I'm going to say the same <laughs> thing your ass next time he hoops. <laughs> it ain't shit to give you a bucket, dude. Huh? Here we go. What do you say? I said it ain't shit to give you a bucket. Yes, it is for a motherfucker like you with no handle. Damn! Imagine having no handle. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker. Be, I got videos of you dribbling like you just you just discovered what a fucking basketball was. <laughs> Big ass Patillo pants on and shit. <laughs> um, what do you think about the Trailblazers, Derek? They they started a lineup of Yusuf Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside together. And Yusuf Nurkic came out and attempted five threes. <laughs> he was out there just just pulling the three ball. And Mike had mentioned like a month ago that their plan was to run them together. <sighs> I'm guessing you at least saw some highlights of it or something. I'm more of a fan of the Zach Collins Nurkic lineup. I think that lineup was really good when they mm-hmm. had Melo at the three, Dame and CJ. That lineup for me personally has looked really good. And then I would like Hassan to come off the bench. Because I think just Zach Collins and um, Nurk, they just kind of fit together. And they're more versatile. They can actually shoot the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not always just clogging away. I feel like Whiteside as a clog to the lane. Because he ain't really doing shit else besides sitting in the paint. I mean, he's a nice guy. Zach Collins had a beautiful move the other day. Oh, yeah, the up and under. Where he, it was, um, I had posted it. I'm pretty sure I put it on my story. I forgot. Bro, it, it's just getting to that point where people are saying – it, it's small ball is still a thing, but everybody just shoot the damn ball. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like that. You know, I keep talking about this, but every time I'm looking at a team, I feel like, damn, they got a big-ass lineup. The Bucks had two seven-footers. They had Giannis at the three, and they had two six-seven people as, like, the guards. The Nuggets, all we know how how big they type, they run it. It's literally just you got to shoot the ball at this point. Yeah. Yeah, the Bucks had a lineup where they went Giannis, Robin, Brooke, and then uh, – Fuck, I can't remember the other two, but it was like, damn, they got young. I, like, I can't DJ, wait. To DJ see Wilson or something like that in the lineup. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going super big. I can't wait to get this shit rolling. I'm, I'm ready to see the Bucks, man. I'm, I'm not a believer. I don't think the Bucks will be a championship. They'll win a championship this year. Ooh, I'm just not. Um, let me see. Uh, Thursday is when we get the official games that matter again. 
Um, so yep. we really just don't, two don't shoot away. me, Bug fans. I like y'all team. I'm just saying how I feel. Everybody can't win it, man. Everybody can't win it. Mm-hmm. I, y'all know I love me some Dante DiVincenzo. If they did win it, I wouldn't be mad. I'm not hoping they lose. I just don't think they will. So so Thursday we open up with Jazz Pelicans and Lakers Clippers. Obviously, they got to start off with Lakers Clippers. Uh, those are our only two yeah, games. Jazz Pelicans will be good too. Should it's be gonna good. be good. Zion's gonna, gonna be back for that game, right? He's yeah, he's uh, he he's been back into the bubble. I think two days now. Yeah. And I don't are they making him do a full ten day quarantine? Or if he tests if he tests negative, he only has to go five day. I don't I don't I don't remember the protocol I'm not on sure it because he's been getting tested. They said he was getting tested every day he wasn't there too. Okay, but after that day, we got five games a day, six games a day, just continuous basketball that matters. Has there been any games on TNT yet? Uh, not yet. No, no, no. But the no, first no, the like first two games TNT. are on TNT. I'm interested to see how the viewing. Uh, experience is going to be with TNT mm-hmm. because I mean the little what we've been watching with the league pad it's been cool but it's like it's, it's a little, yeah I'm st- I still don't like the zoom call shit that the nuggets are doing like yeah, bro first of all they that shit spooky bro <laughs> yeah they were all like in their front room and stuff yeah, was, yeah. Friday, I'm man. telling you the <laughs> microphones are bad the lighting is bad they talking I'll over each other shit laggy like Derek shit <laughs> like damn bro then out of nowhere, like, <laughs> I was watching one, and they had the girl on there, and they were two Shout dudes having a conversation, and uh, a play happened, and she wanted to address the play, but she was laggy a little bit, so she came in late, and it was just like, and he ducks it! <laughs> and it was talking, and it was just like, it was like all over the place. I'm like, man, I feel bad for, for them, because they just trying, they just trying to make it work. Ain't nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the setup could be better i would just rather not see them but yeah yeah if it was better people it might and better quality it might be better but it's- I mean, those are those are their regular announcers aren't they yeah, yeah but yeah but they- damn d mills those are their announcers for their home game i just think it's the fact that it's on zoom right you can't get the body language i can't see same thing with us like so we sometimes because it is talking over each other just because the internet is a little laggy sometimes but those are their regular announcers. But then you got people like the um the Brook the Boston Celtics. I think they're in studio, so we still get uh, Brian Scalabrini and his host, his co-host. They're right next to each other, so they can still feed off each other. Yeah. I'm guessing they're still some, six feet apart. Some of them are still at like the home arena, and they're just broadcasting yep. from there. Yeah. and those are better. Those are better because they get to actually get a feel for each other like they normally would. But um, these games, I forget. Oh man, I I can think it's Marv Albert. I don't think Marv Albert is doing any games in the bubble. And, you know, Marv Albert's been doing playoff games for a bazillion years. Uh, he said he going to the bubble. bazillion and two. <laughs> yeah, he'll set out the restart, so we won't get Marv Albert. I think we get Ian Eagle, Eagle, who's really good. Um, we get Mike oh, yeah. Breen. Mark Jackson is one of my favorites. I don't know if I haven't heard much about Mark Jackson. Who is Mark Jackson signed to? Is he a TNT ESPN. guy or is he an ESPN guy? ESPN. I wonder okay. if, like, is there yeah, any, we like, might get him too, the, the older refs that are always coaching them, like Tony Brothers and stuff? Like, I wonder if there's any of them sitting down. Oh, it's interesting. Nobody, I mean. I mean, I don't really get no damn, but. It is interesting, though. It's, it's yeah, interesting. Yeah, they oh. give a damn. They take pride in that shit. Facts, yeah. though. I was the one who called a charge on Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Who knows what would happen if I didn't do that? Because don't the Rockets have a referee that they don't like? That I they think say that was Chris play. Paul, wasn't it? Chris Paul and um, the Rockets. Yeah, they had a. Yeah. Remember they? Okay. Because they, they weren't getting no. Yeah. 
Your your audio. Was it like Scott Foster or something? Like yeah. What'd you say, D Mills? I said, yeah, I, was, I said, I can't remember who it is. I just know they have a referee that they just don't get along with because they feel like he refs against them. Yeah. Uh, I'm just interested. It, it is Scott Foster. I just looked it up. It is Scott Foster. Because there was all of this new exclusive angles we would get, and I just haven't gotten them on League Pass. But I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on that because I understand these are just some scrimmage games. Maybe y'all want to keep y'all best shit for the real shit. So I'm they, ready. They have had that one angle though, right? The little sideline cam. The sideline angle. Yeah. I, I mean, like, it looks okay. Sometimes I'm they not. be swinging the ball over, and it's just like the ball's all the way on the other side, and just you can't. Is that even... the angle that they had the Chris Paul against Celtics? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. It works sometimes. Like you can see, actually, the quality and what. But Maybe if they, they like ISOing on that side. They just need to go ahead and bring like the drones in it, and get like mm-hmm. a real close up one on one. That that'll be fire. Yeah, that shit fall. Got a lot of battery. Yeah. Game when it shot game seven of the finals, like this Kyrie thing, and a drone hit his hand or hit the ball. <laughs> or like the ball hit the drone. Yeah, like, it's, it's over with. Yeah. Drone come down, hit somebody in the head, they got to go. Oh, because it'd be so mad. You know how pissed Kyrie would have been right here in this play if the ball, <laughs> the drone would have hit him? How they would have had to reset it back up, though. They had to reset it back Even then, like, you got to feel that could he could say that felt like a green release. Yeah, and they got to yeah. redo the whole play. <laughs> Yeah. Bro, KB, you missed it. We was on a game last night, and George uh, Marison blocked a green three by Kyron. Kyron was so blue. He said he had never seen that before. Me and Mike had seen it. I'm like, yeah, yeah I think the first I've seen it. I've had a green block, but he was that shit. That, that, that man is 7'7". Seven, seven. You don't think he's going to like block somebody's shot closing out? Oh, I did not put – I should have put George Marison on my team, bro. I don't know how I overlooked George Marison. Bro, that's my boy. He's so raw. I played Mike yesterday with literally the tallest player in every position. So I had Jokic, that Porzingis card, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. It was just the biggest lineup ever. Jokic's shot is terrible, man. The whole thing was terrible. The whole thing was terrible. Everybody's shot was terrible. Or oh, I'm terrible. Oh, you had, it was the ball. Galaxy Open one, right? Yeah. I, bro, a long time ago, I thought about grinding him. But I'm glad I did it, bro. Yeah, I bought don't him. Do it. sold him before I even used him. I yeah, practiced do it. like, yo, you got to go. Yeah, it's not worth it. You got to go. That Porzingis, though. I like his shit. More Mike, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> nah, I'm just talking shit. Uh, who y'all got, though? Those first, that first day. Lakers versus Clippers and then Pelicans versus Jazz. Let's start with Pelicans versus Jazz. Talk to me, man. Well, first of all, so from now into Thursday, no team is playing? Or, or this, is this we got break? games no, today, today and then tomorrow's an off day. And then Thursday we got moves. <clears throat> so there, oh. there's games starting, I think, at, at noon our time today or 1 our time today. And then, uh, and the, but those are the last group of games, and we'll see how that goes. And then we get to Thursday. I think it should be interesting. I think it's I, I, still we don't Zion, know if Zion's Zion playing. Zion won't be playing, right? We I don't th- I think it's I don't think so. But I think he started his quarantine not too long ago. Or actually, he was supposed to start practice on Wednesday, I believe. Let me see if I can find. I think he's supposed to start practice on Wednesday. If he started practicing, then he can play because the quarantine you can't leave the room. Right, you go, you go practice with your teammates and then go quarantine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, so y'all, y'all have it. Give it to everybody else. Big question: Are we still going to get the the vlogs during the real games? Like, is Matisse going to vlog after they lose a game? Are we still, is JaVale still going to vlog if the Clippers? They could be. I know. I mean, 
this is just one dude and this he could be just be doing his own thing but i know um alice caruso he's saying he's staying off social media so other players can be doing like the same thing uh as him once they go into like the playoff mode but he was never vlogging so i don't care what he's doing that's why i said <laughs> other players like him yeah i i think it's time to lock in because mm -hmm. I can't imagine the 76ers losing two games and Matisse drops a vlog. It's just the vibe is all off. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it's like, okay, this is what the bubble looks like. Here's a little preview, but now it's time for me to hoop. But who knows? Maybe he's still got the camera. I don't know. Because he been he had the LA Times. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? New York Times is calling him. His shit was a big deal. I know JaVale probably will. JaVale's, key, JaVale's numbers are killing Matisse's as far as views-wise. his Because maybe because he plays for the Lakers and LeBron is featured and stuff, but... Yeah, um, I, I watch JaVale's faithfully mm -hmm. because I like the Lakers. But, like, uh, JaVale even has, like, AD and LeBron in them sometimes. Matisse don't really – like, I've seen Joel a little bit. I've seen he be in there a little, little bit. But it's, yeah. like, mostly Kyle Quinn and Tobias Harris. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. That's his little group. Yeah, that is his group. And they, they, the last episode was dope as hell, and it was talking about all the social injustice and what they could do. I, I, I was digging that. I wish you to put the whole shit in there. He was like – I know y'all don't want to see this. I'm like, shit, yes, I do. <laughs> I would watch I would watch Matisse Thibault vlog of them doing nothing just mm. because it's the NBA. I'm still that kid at heart that like JaVale, when JaVale and I'm just eating breakfast, I would just watch that whole thing. Because st it's still like you're an NBA player and I want to know what y'all doing, yeah. <laughs> especially in a bubble. Back to your question, OKB. I'm going to take the Pelicans on that so opening night. <laughs> I'm taking the Pelicans on that open night. I think they're going to come out hot. But I think it's going to be a super close game. I think the Jazz are also going to find a rhythm. Mike Conley has been playing well. So if they can get an, a, a nice Mike Conley to to play well in the playoffs, they definitely going to increase their chances, at least trying to uh, prolong their playoff run. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Pels. I feel like they're going to come out hungry. They're a team that got to really come out and they got to come out playing. If they really want that AC, they got to come out and play for it. And I don't think the Jazz gonna be prepared for what they're getting. I'm gonna go Jazz, bro. Every team has looked like they've been ready. I know you know, obviously still out of shape a little bit, but every team has looked good. Like they look healthy too. Like they mm -hmm. had time to kind of get rid of those nagging injuries. They've been working on their bodies a little bit and just you know getting back in uh just like the groove. Everybody looks been been looking good. Yep. Yeah. But Zion has shown that he's a handful for Rudy. Yeah. He did. Even what wasn't one of, didn't he have like one of his best games against uh the Jazz? Oh, very. Yeah, one of his he best like, games. I think he went like 11 for 13 or something. Oh. Like he did yeah. not miss. Yeah, who, won, who won the game though? I couldn't tell y'all. They went one and one because Brandon Ingram closed like, the ASL one game. Then one game he got fouled and they didn't get the call. Right. Uh -oh. give, me, give me the uh, give me the Pelicans though. They, they've had some good battles, uh, but obviously no Boyan. Um, I think the Jazz X Factor is going to be Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I think Jordan Clarkson can be that X Factor for them as far as these eight games and how they do. But yeah, I like the Pelicans. They just have so much, man. JJ Reddick, Lonzo Ingram, Zion. You still got a veteran in Derek Favors. Jackson Hayes is a long, young, athletic guy. Etwan Moore is capable of giving you some quality minutes or some uh, non quality minutes, depending on what type of mood he's in. Um, I like the Pelicans, man. I really like their team. I feel like I forgot somebody. That's how deep they is, or deep they are. JJ Reddy? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll be the outlier here. I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the Jazz. Oh, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. <laughs> oh, you missed Drew Holiday? Oh snap. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the Jazz here. Um, 
I'm looking at it. They played each other three times in the regular season. Zion did not play those. We're thinking about the preseason. That was the preseason game where he bodied Rudy Gobert, by the way. Um, so they played each other three times. The Jazz are two and one in those matchups. One of those games, Bogey had like 40, though, and we know Bogey's not playing. Um, not Bogey, Bojan, sorry, Bojan. I had like 40. Uh, but I, I, I'm just, I'm just like, let's go with the Jazz. You know what I'm saying? What, what, what is it if the whole panel go with the same team? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And Rudy Gobert has looked really good in these scrimmages. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he ain't. I'm surprised he ain't take a three yet. <laughs> Facts. D Mills, can I get a drum roll? <laughs> Lakers versus Clippers. So what y'all got? I'm gonna start with Kenny. Was, Mike, you going last? Uh, for the first game, I, I'd probably put my money on um on the Clippers. This I think that's the best bet, the safer bet. Uh, they got the more, the deeper team. Even if Lou Will can't hoop, they still got Reggie Jackson. They still got Mook. They still got Montrez, who will probably win six man of the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Clips. I'm gonna go Lakers. I think this is a statement game. I think LeBron want to come out and let them know that you're not fucking with me. This is my shit. I'm winning. <laughs> yeah, let's take like, the words out of my mouth. Like this, cool. like this is, I gotta come out and let y'all know I'm still top dog, even though I'm in the West. That's still my shit. And Anthony Davis, they ain't got an answer for him. They do not have an answer for Anthony Davis at all. No but team does. Because if the to pick up Joe Kim, no for him. If the Lakers lose, Laker fans are gonna say the exact opposite. Oh, it's the game don't matter. We are gonna see y'all in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But no, I think LeBron and the Lakers should use his use his time to send that message early, bright and clear. Um, and I hope so. I hope so. Obviously. You know I got the Lakers. I'm a believer. Is Pat Bev back? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he didn't play last. Because Reggie Jackson is starting for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he rejoined the bubble uh, yesterday. If Reggie Jackson asked to start in point guard, I really got the Lakers. His slow foot. <laughs> but I agree with y'all. I think it's, it's a statement game. It don't really mean much, but I think mentally it gives the team a little bit more of that edge that we beat you already type feel. Uh, yeah. What about the two times that the Clippers beat them, though? We beat them last game. But just yeah, yeah. that one. Forget the other two. Forget the other We <laughs> We proved that we could win. They ain't unbeatable. <laughs> okay. yeah. It ain't nothing to do with them. And after that, it ain't nothing to do with FOMO times. At some point, Mike, are you going to analyze as, as an analyst, or are you always going to be Laker? I mean, it's it's been the same analy- the same analyzation. All no, year. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just saying. Like, if they're in a series and the Clippers are clearly being the better team, right? Yeah. To say that, or are you going to say we're going to come back from three zero? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just it's just me being a fan. But I mean, yeah, if it's product, then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna analyze. It. No, I'm saying. asking you a question. He, if, if they're, they're down, up, if they're down three zero, he's still picking the Lakers. He just, he just said, "Yeah, I'm gonna still be a friend, a fan." I'm gonna have the Lakers till we out. So you're willing to to uh, sacrifice your credibility as an analyst to support the Lakers? I'm I'm rooting for the Lakers. B. I'm actually if, if they out if they out the game, ain't nothing I can say. But if, if you I'm still willing, rooting for the Lakers, are you willing to sacrifice your credibility as an analyst for the Lakers? No, there's no reason to. 
There's literally no reason. To <laughs> if they down three, if they down three on the series, it was. If they down three on the series, I would still think they could win. Of course, they got a slim chance to to lose, or they got close to close to no chance if they're down three. By the way, but I'm gonna say okay, especially to the Clippers. I can see it. But that's why I asked as an analyst because I know what you're gonna do as a fan. I already know that you don't have to tell me what you're gonna do. We still have a championship. If they lost down, we could come back. By twenty, you're still gonna pick them as an analyst. If you add in all these factors, okay. If they lost by a dub, they last game. They probably not gonna win the next game. It's, it's taking okay, you. Okay, but long. if they if they down three zero and every damn game was close and they lost by five, I'ma still say, oh, okay, they still got a damn good chance. If you add that fact, I'ma still say the same thing, right? That's the, no, okay, I don't know yeah. what you would say. I would say they still got a chance if they fucking lose by five right, so points. You, every so damn, at, so damn game, game, every damn so chance. They still have a damn chance. You, you huh? would sacrifice your credibility as an answer as an analyst to support the Lakers. You answered wrong, then. Anthony Davis could miss Thursday opener. Just got the notification from Bleacher Report. How does that change your picks, guys? I'm away from my bit, but I'm a. It changes us. Obviously, it changed. They lose our fucking defensive player of the year candidate, so we might lose that game. But at that point, I'm still picking like, Lakers. <laughs> no, no, I'm picking the Clippers. But if if AD don't play, I'm picking oh, the Clippers. Oh man, my God! I mean, that should lose. That should lose a little bit of the value then if AD don't play. Yeah, because you know he got poked in the eye um, in the last game, and he's still having eye discomfort. So that yeah, that would that would tarnish y'all. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a game for the fans to try to decide who's better. It don't matter in the standings. Y'all will still be the one seed. They'll still be the two seed. Um, it would be the more for Twitter. thing to do to not have him play. <laughs> so they just got the excuse. Oh, last time we played, though, and the Davis wasn't. It. Yeah. They'll probably be uh, cautious with it. Or put his ass in some goggles. James Worthy. Hell yeah, put his ass in some goggles. James Worthy loved Anthony Davis, but anytime James Worthy up there with Anthony Davis, he'd be preaching about him. <laughs> I mean... It makes sense. Y'all don't know too many that don't. Yeah, it makes mm-hmm. sense. That boy is a that different breed on the court. Yeah. I mean, J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters, they had a hell of a game for us. Um, Frank Vogel was talking about his main point from that game was just getting to the paint, getting, you know, driving kick mentality. I thought we did that pretty well, especially because, you know, got Rondo and LeBron didn't play. Um, I thought that was a pretty good game for us. All right. Yeah, I enjoyed the way Deion played. <clears throat> J.R., no words to be said. Y'all know how I rock with my boy, but he yeah, played a very never good gave a fuck. Never. Yeah, very good job being the lead car <laughs> off the bench. All right. Well, thank y'all so much for listening or watching this episode of Through the Wire. If you enjoyed it, leave it a like. Give, give us five star ratings on all the audio platforms. That's we, love to this guy again. Both of them. Keep it up, Kyrie. No, we block him. Keep it up, Kyrie. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. We see y'all on Saturday with actual games that matter. Peace. Peace out, y'all.